power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. take your seats praise the lord hallelujah amen we thank god for a glorious sunday morning like this amen electricity can't stop our praise electricity can't stop our worship let's put our hands together for the praise team Awesome time of praise. And let's put our hands together for the worship team. Awesome time of worship. Hallelujah. And let's put our hands together for overflow music. That was a superb, fantabulous, stupendous, magnificent, marvelous. (laughs) Today my words have come. <laughs> you know that some people eh, they don't bow, but their problem is that they use wrong words in wrong places. <laughs> A football coach, secondary school football coach, wanted to tell the defender that he should stop overlapping. You know, when you overlap, you leave space behind for. He said, "Don't leave the defense ajar." <laughs> but when he said it, they understood. That thing is ajar. We be able to don't leave the defense ajar. <laughs> One another secondary school teacher who wanted to tell somebody to go and kneel down in the sun. He said, "Go and bend down in the afternoon." The same person apparently he was late for a staff meeting, and they had closed the door when he knocked, and they said, "Who is there?" He said, "Is the late Mr. Ng." Using the wrong words. <laughs> right words in the wrong places. Another secondary school teacher was trying to advise somebody that I know. That like you are a good boy. You are a very, very good boy. So I was trying to advise him not to be walking with those bad boys who have pulled their trousers down and you know, the yopic people. You know, those kind of boys. He said, look, you are a very, very, very good boy. Don't be hanging around with those jargons. Just if you are some way boy, you are a jargon. Today I'm addressing the jargons. <laughs> you are a jargon. If there's a male by you, look at him and say, Are you a jargon? <laughs> You're a jargon. And today, the ladies, God will open your eyes to see the jargons that are in your life. (laughs) Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless your holy name. We thank you for the privilege to learn at your feet. Holy Spirit, take absolute control. Speak to us. Let our minds, let our hearts be open to be receptive to your word. Let this word bring instruction to somebody. Let it bring deliverance to somebody. Let it open somebody's eyes. Let it bring direction to somebody's life. 
I come against every opposition to this word in the name of Jesus. Let the hearts and the minds of the people of God be made holy and sanctified and ready to receive this word from you. In Jesus' name, have I prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. So I'm done with the 11 deadly women. Every man must be aware of. And I hope the men you have been instructed and your eyes have been opened. Today we are, we are flipping the story. We are going to the other side. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. This sermon, the ladies, you must listen to it over and over. You must keep it for your daughters both spiritual and biological for them to come and you know soak it because i believe it will teach you a lot of things it will open your eyes to a lot of things some of the people when i'm describing them you realize you have encountered them before mm. so at this juncture somebody who asked the woman it was 11. the, the truth is i'm struggling to put a number to the males because there are many for some of the ones that there are subtypes. When I mention there's a subtype. Type A, type B, type C. So you have decided that you let's put it at 15 deadly men. But by next week, I'll definitely not finish this week. Today we have communion service, so I'll just try to be brief. Okay? We'll definitely not finish this week. Maybe by next week, it would have become 18 or 20. I don't know. Because some of them, when I try to compress them into one, it's not compressing. Because they are, they are entities on their own. And we need to isolate them and dissect them very well. Hallelujah. Somebody say jargon. <laughs> All right. So, you see, some of these deadly men, they are not necessarily bad people. They are not necessarily bad people. Some of them, they are deadly, but they don't even know they are deadly. All it means is that they need help. Hallelujah. But some too are very, very bad. And very intentional about the things that they do. Hallelujah. But ladies, may God deliver you from every jargon. If there are some in your life, may God open your eyes to see them. And if there are some about to come, may this word enlighten you and prepare you to prevent them from coming into your life. Hallelujah. Number one, deadly man. It's the same as the number one in the ladies. The number one in the ladies, I didn't go into detail. Okay, but I'll go to detail with the men. And my reason is simple. It is more common to get a Christian lady going in for an unbeliever guy than a Christian gentleman going in for an unbeliever lady. True or false? Yeah. That's why I didn't waste too much time on this point where the, the deadly women were concerned. Most of the time, when it comes to choosing, the Christian gentleman can decide to cut out the Amalekites and focus on the Christian sisters most of the time, not all the time but 
it is more common, at least in my ministry, in my years of ministry, I've seen more Christian ladies falling for unbeliever guys than the other way around. Hallelujah. Yeah, that is why I'll spend a little more time talking about the, 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 the man who does not fear God. The man who does not fear God. It should be number one. The Bible has stated clearly that be not unequally joked together with unbelievers. Be not unequally joked together with unbelievers. So if he comes, the first item on your criteria should be that is this man born again? I'm not talking about a man who goes to church. I'm not talking about the church goer. There are a lot of people who go to church, but they don't know God and they don't fear God. The fact that he can wear a shoe on a Sunday and dress up and show up in church doesn't mean he fears God. It doesn't mean he has given his heart to God. And that is where I admonish the ladies that when it comes to dealing with men or Deciding to attach yourself to men. Don't go in heart first. Hallelujah. Don't go in what? Don't go in heart first. Most of the time, when you allow yourself to fall before you start praying, your prayer has been compromised already. Don't go in heart first. So how do you go in? What are you going with? You go in head and spirit first. When you go in head first alone, it's not enough. When you go in spirit first alone, it is not enough. You need to balance the spirit with, the, with, the, with wisdom. And you need to balance the mind too with the spirit. The two must be there to balance each other. Because there are times too you can over-spiritualize things. And you need the mind to balance the spirit. Hallelujah. There is a reason why the right way, the correct way to come into the earth in the labor world is to come head first. Our entry into this world, the part we come with first, it's our head. Somebody touch your head. Touch your head. Yeah, this is what came first. Unless you were delivered breach. And that is why it's a breach. Because it is out of the norm. A breach delivery means that you came body first. You see, so far I've talked about heart, I've talked about mind, I've talked about spirit. But some people, unfortunately, go in body first. Hallelujah. They go in what? Body first. In the same way that a bridge delivery comes with a lot of complications. And if you don't have experts to manage it, when the child decides to come with his body first, you need a certain level of expertise in the midwife or the doctor who is delivering the child. Otherwise, you could have many complications. The labor can stop at a point in time. You could have tears. You could have postpartum hemorrhage. It comes with so many complications. In the same way, when it comes to relationships and your dealings with men as women, if you go in body first, the complications are numerous and uncountable. Don't go in body first. Because when you go in body first, the heart is compromised, the spirit is compromised, and the mind is also compromised. When you go in heart first, 
your spirit is compromised and your head is compromised. But when you go in body first, your heart is compromised, your, your mind is compromised, and your spirit is also compromised. You see, if you have been sleeping with a person already, when you are praying to God, what he will tell you you can't hear. Because you're already joked together with the person. Your spirit man and that person's spirit man have already been linked together as one. You have jammed the gun. Marriage is supposed to make you one flesh. But you have jammed it. The marriage doesn't come in, but you have jammed. A very big jam. Your spirit is compromised. That is why even when you receive a prophetic word, King King, this is not the guy. You remember that even when Hezekiah received prophetic word, he went to God and God reversed it. So you two, you are going to reverse it. Your spirit man is compromised. Your mind is compromised. Your heart is compromised. May the Lord deliver you from that kind of compromise in the name of Jesus. That is when he is beating you and you still want to be with him. He uses you as a punching bag. Yeah, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. The man who does not fear God. The man who does not fear God is not born again. That's characteristic number one. He is not born again. He has not given his life to Christ. Characteristic number two. He does not like the things of God. What is this prayer meeting? Prayer meeting. Every day, choir, choir, choir. Every day you are praying. You are listening to sermons. You are supposed to use your time for productive things. Things that will benefit you. The man who does not fear God does not like it when you are participating in the things of God. And you see, the reason why that is dangerous is that if you marry such a person, even when you are not married to him, he doesn't want you to come to church. He's not paying your school fees. He's not giving you chop money. He's not doing anything for you. And he doesn't want you to come to church. He doesn't want you to, to, to worship God. How much more when he had staking money and paid your bride price and your father on your wedding day has taken your hand and put into his hands that today i transfer my authority to you it's over for you your ministry is ended whatever rewards you were going to get in heaven on that judgment day as a result of your service to god you are losing it simply because you have compromised and joked with an unbeliever may the lord deliver you from such in the name of jesus he doesn't like the things of God. He speaks against the church and speaks against men of God. Haven't you seen such people before? All they do is to condemn church. Oh, and this is, this is a money collecting scam. Church is a money collecting scam. These men of God, all they do is to collect people's money to deceive people. They'll constantly hammer these words into your head, hammer it into your spirit. If you are not strong, you, you begin to develop an aversion for the things of God. That's the man who does not fear God. 
The man who does not fear God wants you to come to visit him on Sunday morning. Sunday morning, that is when he wants to see you. That is when he wants you to come and visit him. Come and see him, not for greater works, but lesser works. See, we are supposed to be doing greater works, but some people lead you into lesser works. Somebody say lesser works. Sunday morning. Sunday morning, that is when he wants you to go to that place that you've always been wanting to go. Sunday morning. The man who does not fear God. Be not unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. Look, there are some people, the moment you say yes to them, that very moment, Satan becomes your father-in-law. Some of you, your father-in-law is Satan. Because the one you are dating is not a child of God. And there is no middle ground. If you are not a child of God, you are a child of the devil. It is as simple as that. So that makes the devil your father-in-law. There are some proposals that are a straight choice between God and Satan. And you know it. That this guy, if I say yes to him, that is the end of my spirituality. You know it. One day a lady came to me. She was like, that day I had a word from God that you need to speak to this lady today. That was some years back. She was a medical student. I left whatever I was doing. She was in MB2 at the time. I went and sat under the trees, basic sciences, waiting for her to come. The moment she came, I called her. I was like, you're about to make a wrong decision. And she froze. And I gave her the details of the decision. That there is a guy who is an unbeliever, an Amalekite, who has proposed to her. And she's planning that after her exams, she was going to say yes to him. She wanted the ground to open for her to enter. I told her, God says, I should tell you, it is a straight choice between him and the devil. So the choice is left to you. There are some people, the moment you say yes to them, you have neglected God and forsaken God and you have gone for Satan. It's as simple as that. Because they will not allow you to be spiritual. They will not allow you to come to church. They will not allow you to pray the way you want to pray. They will not allow you to continue to be in the choir. They will create situations that will make it impossible for you to worship God and to continue to worship God. But may God deliver you from such people in the name of Jesus. And may God open your eyes to spot them from afar before you go in body first and heart first. Be not unequally joked together with an unbeliever. Unbelievers have no standards. Standards in every field. Deadly man number two. He is the man who fears long-term commitment. He is averse to commitment. 
wants to relate to you as if they are dating. He wants to do everything people who date do. He wants to be going out with you. He wants to be going out for lunch with you. On your birthday, he wants to be taking you out. He wants you to be visiting him. He may even want you to be warming his bed and satisfying his sexual desires. <laughs> so who is that? It's a jargon. <laughs> but he doesn't want long-term commitment. And there are various subtypes of these people. I'll give you maybe two or three. Depending on how the spirit leads me. Ladies, open your ears. Open your ears. Listen carefully. These men are averse to commitment. They want to relate to you at a very close range. But they don't want to commit. And the reason why these men are deadly is that they will break your heart. Your heart will be shattered into pieces. Your life will be made miserable. You'll be left depressed and feeling rejected and alone. When we say deadly men, we are not talking about people who kill you. That one will come. People who kill your spirit, kill your sense of confidence in this world, kill your sense of purpose and self-worth. He doesn't like commitment. Subtype number one. The one who loves the thrill of the chase. He loves the thrill of the chase. What do I mean by the one who loves the thrill of the chase? The only thing that excites him is the thrill of chasing. What do I mean by that? There are some people who keep chasing and pursuing you until you fall for them. They just love the idea of chasing. The whole idea of pursuing. So it's like a cat that is chasing a mouse. Chase, 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 chase around now. And the mouse said, okay, now. And he said, I'm tired. I, I don't want to continue with this again. And there are a lot of gentlemen walking around like that. They love the trail of the chase. When you are playing hard to get, they will pursue you. They will keep bombarding you with calls. They'll keep bombarding you with text messages, WhatsApp messages. Let us go here. Let us do this. Let us do that. The moment they realize now you are falling and you are now about to start chasing them and trying to get commitment, they lose interest and they run away. These are deadly men. I'm sure some of you have encountered some of these people in your life. Yeah. They love the thrill of the chase. And if you're a man here like that, may the Spirit of God deliver you from that demon. They love the thrill of the chase. Subtype number two. The one who is only attracted to people he knows and things he cannot have. There are some people, eh? You look at the list of people they have had crashes on. And ladies they have desired to have. They are all either people who are already married. Or already strongly attached. They just 
love it and, and they get attracted to people they know they cannot have or people they are prohibited from having. That's what excites them. So you have somebody in your class and it's only the ladies that are already attached. And most of the time, they like people who are already attached, but the one they are attached to is not immediately available. Yes. Those are the people they are attracted to. Long distance relationships. You're on a campus and your beloved is on another campus or where still when it's outside the country. They like such people. They know there is some loneliness gap B that they always want to come and fill. They are not attracted to the single ones that they can go and commit to. Their problem is an aversion to commitment. So they want to hang around the one who is committed to somebody, but they'll just be messing around with the one who is committed and not serious with God and not strong enough. Hallelujah. Amen. They like hanging around people's wives. There are some men, they just want to chase other people's wives. They have all it takes to marry a single lady, stay with the single lady and be committed to a single lady, but they won't. They just don't get attracted to such people. It is those who are already taken. When they see you and you have a double ring, now, uh -huh. That is what they like. Such people need help. They are jargons. They have a serious problem. And if you are here and you have that tendency, may the Lord deliver you from it in the name of Jesus. Oh. I know somebody like that. When you look at his history, all the people he's liked are people who are either dating, but the gentleman is not in town. Or somebody who is married. I mean, when we were in school, he was just hanging around this lady in the class that everybody knew was married, but the husband was outside the country. I know somebody, he saw a certain lady, they were co-tenants in a house. The lady had been engaged by a man. And when I talk about engagement, it's not a foreign engagement where you go and sit in a restaurant and you go down on one knee. I don't know whether it's the right or the left one. And you take a, a ring and will you marry me? And say, engage. I'm talking about Ghana traditional engagement, traditional wedding. She was engaged. And the husband was outside the country. And they were co-tenants. And this guy fell head over heels for this woman who is engaged and even i mean i can say married she's married because that 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 home thing it's marriage hallelujah it's marriage the requirements for marriage to be legal in god's sight is one family consent and two the blessing of god if those two things are there you are married Hallelujah. What is done in the church is the icing on the cake. If at the traditional marriage, what we call the traditional marriage, there is family consent and the two families agree and the lady is giving out, the gentleman takes the lady and a prayer is prayed over them, they are married. They are married. 
The white wedding is an European cultural thing that we have adopted. Hallelujah. Yes. He fell so much for this lady, always visiting her and this and that. And unfortunately too, the lady's husband wasn't giving her much attention. He wouldn't call regularly. They wouldn't speak on phone regularly. She was always complaining, you've come to marry me, you've left me, you're not really minding me. To the extent that the lady traveled outside the country to where he was on transit. She spent about 12 hours in the city in which he was. The gentleman didn't even make the effort to come to meet her. Yes. So that was the kind of situation she was in. And this gentleman, that is what he's attracted to. He fell head over heels for her. He was even going mad over it because this is somebody he wants to have that he cannot have. Because he's already been taken. He spoke to his spiritual father. He told him, don't go near this one. Somebody has taken her already. He, he, he was in torment. You know, when you like somebody and you, you feel like you cannot have that person's like a foul dream movie, sir. That was what the guy was experiencing. And with the kind of attention and the kind of pressure he was giving the lady, coupled with the fact that her husband wasn't really minding her the way he was supposed to mind, she also fell for him. To cut a long story short, she decided with her parents, because this gentleman I'm talking about wasn't a bad person. No. Some of these people I'm talking, they are not like bad people. They just have a problem and they need help. They saw this gentleman gainfully employed, a gentleman, he's not a womanizer. So together with the parents, they decided that they were going to dissolve that marriage. So they went to the parents of the boy and sent back the drinks that they brought for the traditional marriage and dissolved the marriage. Now that Equina Bedaho, he said, now I'm not interested anymore. This is it's not a Kumawood movie I'm telling you about. This is a true story. Somebody I know very well. He said, I'm not interested anymore. When he told me the story, I was like, ah, is everything okay? And his reason for not being interested again is that the foundation on which their relationship was established was not right. How was his reason? May God deliver you from such people in the name of Jesus. The man who is averse to commitment he doesn't want commitment. The third subtype is the one I call the merry-go-round man. Not merry-go-round, merry-go-round. Merry-go-round. This person has a history of divorces. And when you meet him, you wonder why such a person hasn't been able to stay married because he's a good person. He's not violent. He speaks to you kindly. Seems like any woman's dream. But this man's problem is that he is addicted to the romance stage of marriage. You see, marriage that stage is so. There's the romance stage. 
the butterfly stage. He's addicted to it. And one of the characteristics of this merry-go-round man is that he puts pressure on you to marry him. When you are looking for time, cry, he doesn't give you time. Quickly, I want to get married, I want to get married. And you look at him. And you see, what makes you fall for him is the fact that he tells you he has not found the Madame right yet. And you begin to feel like, hey, then I'm special. If such a good quality guy, good character, good everything, he hasn't found Madame right yet and he's falling for me, then there must be something very, very special about me. And women like to feel special. And once they feel special, they begin to fall. <laughs> and that is how they're able to get you into their net. So they put pressure on you. You don't think properly. You don't do your investigations properly. They sweep you off your feet. And you see, somebody who has been married a number of times, is likely he knows how to treat a woman. He knows how to deal with a woman. He'll say all the right things. He'll make all the right moves. He'll make you feel the way you want to feel. And when you get married and the romance stage of the marriage starts to fade away and now reality and tolerance and adjustment and those things are coming in he's no longer interested he's looking for the next victim that is the problem with a lot of the hollywood stars that is why they divorce by her. they are all merry-go-round people it's hard to find a popular hollywood personality who doesn't have a trail of women he has married and the time they use when they want to divorce you is that there are irreconcilable differences irreconcilable differences the married go round man he'll put pressure on you let's get married let's get married and you will feel flattered because these days the guys they don't talk marriage much they want to sleep with you they want to do things with you but don't want to marry you but this person has come and he's talking marriage look at the background if there is a long trail i'm not saying don't marry a divorcee no that is not what i'm saying and i'm not saying every divorcee is like that i'm talking about somebody who has been serially married serially married before you go in for such a person make sure you hear well from god hallelujah the marry go round man so these are the three subtypes of the men who are averse to commitment they fear commitment they are not necessarily bad people they may be good but the problem is that they need help they have a problem and they need help hallelujah number three now listen to this one well when you see this one your antennas must be up the man who tries to turn every conversation into a sexual one Anytime you are chatting with him, whether on WhatsApp, Facebook, in person, they always try to find a way of, 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 of bringing in sexual innuendos. You need to be aware of such a man. Why must you be aware of such a man? The man who does that to you, 95 to 99% of the time, they are having sexual fantasies about you. Anytime you chat, 
You want to send a thing into sexual things. Asking you very private questions that he has no business knowing. Some years back, a lady came to see me. She was like, she doesn't understand. Her class chaplain wants to date her. This was several years ago. Her class chaplain wants to date her. But anytime they are talking, the kind of questions he asks her, she's not comfortable with it. What size of brazier do you wear? Are you a Louis Vuitton? Or <laughs> are you a designer? How does that add to your spirituality? What would that information do for you? Brazier size. This one, I'm not making it up. If the front seat on my car could talk, eh? <laughs> the secret is will reveal in this world. <laughs> For many years, that was my mobile office. <laughs> you, you are man of God. What business do you have? How would that help you? When you start seeing those things, it's a red flag. When you are menstruating, do you use pad or you use tampons? I'm telling you, the same person I'm talking about was asking the same question. He's a senior jargon. I agree with you. Whether she uses pad, uses rags, uses whatever, it is none of your business. People start going to these private things when they have started fantasizing about you sexually. If God should open your eyes and take you into their minds to see what goes on in their mind where you are concerned, you will run away anytime you see them. You will run away anytime you see them. Every conversation has to end in something sexual. Either he's telling you about his sexual experiences and giving you gory details of things he has done with people and to people. But it doesn't end there. Also, when he wants to go into very gory details of your past sexual experiences, if any. Mm, sometimes in the name of counseling. There's a place in counseling where the person has to open up. But when you are going to too much detail. So how did you feel when he touched your breast? How did you feel? How did he tell me? Describe it. I, I need to know. I need to, I need to understand so that I know how to counsel you. Some of the questions, you don't even know how to answer them. So when you were doing it, were you the one on top of you? Or the one on top? Or you were... Unnecessary details, they are red flags. I'm telling you, red flags. He's been fantasizing about you sexually 92. I would even, I would even dare say 99% of the time. 99%. Be careful about such a person. They throw in unnecessary sexual jokes. Hey, I wish you were my mattress.
You see, some of the guys say, when they think you are innocent, that's when they start playing some of these things with you. They bring in this kind of talk, and their aim is one. They are just trying to assess your level of looseness. That, that is the aim of that kind of talk. They are trying to assess your level of looseness. Depending on the answer you give them, they will decide on their next move. They are assessing your level of looseness. But you see, there are some of the people, as I said last week, some of the ladies, you see them, you think they have shared more than you. It's God. It's just God that has saved them. They have shared more than you. <laughs> I saw a Nigerian movie, and the guy was trying to play smart with the girl, trying to, you know, talk very funny and this and that. And he made a statement like, it will be an honor for me to remove your underwear. And the lady said, oh, they're on the line. Go and remove them. This is a punchline. If you want to remove, go and remove them on the line. That's a better honor. <laughs> they try to, to, to sexualize everything. They try to sexualize everything. It is a red flag. And if you are here and you have the tendency to do that, stop it. You, you have a problem. There is something wrong with you. And you will admit that what I'm saying is true. Those you do that to, you are having sexual fantasies about them. There are certain things men do. When they're having sexual fantasies about you. When they're coming to chase you, the lady. Sometimes the first date they will propose is that let's go to the poolside. When they start talking like that early, poolside, they want to assess your vital statistics. They want to see what they know you will not allow them to see. You know, there are certain things in certain places they are acceptable. Olympic Games, when you see the female athletes, what they are wearing, if you tell them to wear it on the street, they will not. If you tell them to wear it to church, they will not. But in an Olympic stadium that is full of 80,000 people, they feel comfortable wearing it. So there are certain things that you can wear by the poolside but you will not wear in front of them. So they will come and suggest. Somebody I was talking to some years back, she said, there is this guy who is a worship leader in one of the biggest churches in Ghana. One of the most popular churches in Ghana. And he is the worship leader there. And so she was getting excited. This is a Christian lady. So I was getting excited by the fact that, oh, such a person is interested in me. Of all the ladies in their church, it is me he's interested in. First time he asked her to go out, she said, let's go to the poolside. I told her that is a bad sign. Why the poolside? Why not anywhere else? He didn't even invite you to come and sit in one of his worship services. But he wants you to go to the poolside. Because there, Ubeshe Bikini. And he will assess your vital statistics. Or the Koyan Adie. Those people that when they are chatting with you, video call. 
Oh, show your cleavage more. How oh, are you being so holy, 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 holy? Let me see whether you have lost weight. Let me see. Oh, ah, your face looks like you've lost weight. Oh. And they know they are calling at 11.30. Where most likely you are not properly dressed. Say your face, your face, you, you look like you've lost your, ah, it looks like, ah, why is there a lot of stress? Say, oh, I'm not sure. No, 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 prove it. I want to. Let me see whether you are. You have lost weight. Meanwhile, I sit, I hear things, oh. So the examples I give you are things that have happened. They are not things I'm concocting on the pulpit. They are things that have happened. Those are red flags. Red flags. Men who want to make sexual capital of everything. May the Lord deliver you from such men in Jesus' name. But you see, don't get excited when such people are giving you such, such attention. When they are video calling you and they say they want to see your breasts, don't think it's because you are attractive. Let me tell you something. Lust has absolutely nothing to do with beauty. Lust is about a need that wants to be met. That is all. An itch that wants to be scratched. That's all. That is lust. When somebody is lasting after you, don't mistake it and feel like it means I'm attractive. Go and pass by circle at night. Look at those commercial sex workers. Sometimes you see some of them and you wonder, ah, who will pay money? The way they have painted their faces and they look like masquerades. Some of them look like demons in flesh. Their lips are looking red. And their eyeshadow is overdone. Their shoes are oversized. Their color, they are bleached and they are looking like pork. <laughs> Yet somebody who is married to a beautiful woman who could qualify for Miss Ghana, Miss Malaika, will go and pay money to sleep with such a person. Last is not about beauty, it's about a need. An itch that wants to be scratched. So don't get excited when such people are making lustful comments at you and blah blah. Don't feel special. You are not special. Don't get excited. Lust has nothing to do with being attractive. It is a certain desire in the person that just needs to be met. Why do you think people, they live in a compound house, when their libido goes high, they go and catch a little girl of six years. And they sleep with her. Not because they are pedophiles. So it was last. It's not that they prefer children. Maybe they didn't get an older person to sleep with. There was a need that had to be met. And the nearest person is used to meet the need. That is last. Don't get excited. Don't get excited. Don't get flattered. Don't get flattered. Number four. Wow, it's 10.15. Maybe I'll end on that four. 
sound suddenly you are high and go baby. You are not going anywhere. So even if it's four pass, we shall fire it. Number four. Now listen to this one. Is the man who has many financial skeletons. And don't get me wrong. When I say a man with financial skeletons, I'm not talking about a poor man. I'm not necessarily talking about a poor man. Because I said skeleton, just a flesh in, you know, flesh in, you know, it's just bones. It's dry. That's not what I'm talking about. A man with many financial skeletons. And there are subtypes of this one as well. Yeah. The first subtype is the man whose taste is bigger than his budget and uses you or lures you into funding those appetites. Their appetite is bigger than their budget. So you are like the supplementary budget for them. And there are a lot of them walking around. And they are dangerous people. These men know how to sweep you off your feet. Especially when you are a single employed lady. So you are a nurse. You finish school. You are employed. You are earning a constant salary. You are a female. You are a doctor. You are single. The assumption is that once you are a doctor, you have a lot of money. May the Lord make it true in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Assume you have a lot of money. So you are a target. Any female who is single and employed is a target for this kind of man. They will come and sweep you off your feet. They will tell you all the right things. They will do all the right things. But what you will notice is that from time to time, they are constantly asking for money. Oh, can I have this uh, to do this? They will create situations that are not true just to collect money from you. So call you, baby, I'm stranded in this place and blah, 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 blah. Can you just send me 300 Ghana CDs? And you too, Obapa, the supportive woman that you are. No, quickly, 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 Momo, please, please, have you received it? Please be okay for me, okay? Make sure you are okay. We'll take care, all right? I'll see you in the evening. <laughs> his budget is smaller than his appetite, so you are the supplementary budget. They identify you, they attach themselves to you, they sweep you off your feet. And the key thing with these people is that most of the time, they are not dealing with just one victim at a time. You are just one of a number of people. It's multiple streams of income. Multiple streams of income. They are with you. The way they are making you feel is the same way they are making somebody else feel. Another person is feeling the same way. And they are gathering from all of these places to fund their appetites. They want to wear designer. Meanwhile, they don't have money. All they have is a sharp tongue, a sweet tongue. The ability to, to, to sweep women off their feet. I had a patient like that some years back. 
when I was doing housemanship, he was at the chest clinic. It was an admission for tuberculosis. Interestingly, he didn't have HIV though. One day, I came to the ward and the nurses were like, hey, dog, this is your patient. Do you know what he did? I said, what did he do? He said, during visiting hours, a polished looking lady, you know, when you see Dada B ladies, you know, a lady that seems to come from a very good home and listen, some Dada B lady came and they sat on the, and see, it was an open ward. It's not like private walls. They sat on his bed and they were openly kissing and fondling each other. With his TB. <laughs> Girls, may God have mercy on you. You don't know the things you are playing with. So when I was doing my ward rounds, he was a young man in his early 20s. So when I got to him, I was like, hey, you, we need to talk. He was like, Doc. So he, he now started confessing. He said he used to be a very, very strong believer. And that he was even youth president of his church at a point. I'll mention the name of the denomination. <laughs> but he was youth president there. And he looked at his life and realized he was from a very, very poor home. His mother was struggling. In fact, his mother came there during the time he was on admission. You know, when you see somebody who is struggling, you can tell. He said, my mother was struggling. But I realized I had an unusual ability to woo women and sweep them off their feet. So I decided that that was going to be my source of income. He was in Legon at the time. He said that's how he has funded his education up to that point. I said, ah, my mother doesn't have a peswa to pay my fees and to keep sustaining me. When he got to the school, he just spotted the Dadabi looking girls. Those who seem to be coming from good homes. He will befriend you, sweep you off your feet, and you will be looking after him. So he had a number of them at a particular point in time. He said, Doc, I have had 42 girlfriends and I've slept with all of them. Yes, 42. He said, at a point in time, I was dating a lady and her mother at the same time. He started dating the lady first and the lady was close to the mother. So they used to talk and she used to tell the mother that I have this guy who is very good in bed. So one day, the mother had a party in the house and they invited the gentleman to come. And the mother went to corner him and gave her the number. And later, they started seeing each other behind the scenes. He said, but one day, he made a mistake and went to date the wife of a military officer. Every day for thief man, one day for master. He said the man had money. He was a military man, but also a lawyer. And so he used to travel a lot. And when he travels there one month, you know, he and the wife will go and hire a room at Golden Tulip and stay there one month. No, no, the man has spotted the thing. And one day he sent his junior, the macho ones, you know, those ones that you know, in the military, once officer says this, uh, uh, you don't ask questions. Do it. Oh, they caught him and dealt with him properly. He said, if not for God, he would have died that day. 
And I was like, did you stop? He said, how will I live? He said, Doc, it's like you saying you are stopping your work. And there's no alternative. There was no alternative for me. <laughs> At that time, some nursing students were doing a rotation there. He told me, Doc, these nursing students, there are three of them. I, I conned them, put down. When I leave this place, I'll go and deal with them. And true, true, they finished their nursing rotation. Weeks later, there were some three people who were still coming to visit him. Years later, about two years later, he came on admission again on the medical block. This time on the medical block. So I was looking at the nurse and said, hey, you again? I was like, dog. I went to the nurse's table and the matron was complaining about the nursing student. The guy was called Romeo. Uh-huh. That wasn't his name the parents gave him. Oh. But because of his nefarious activities, he chose a name that is associated with being romantic and being, you know, Romeo. He was like, ah. The matron was like, ah. These nursing students cry. I don't understand. Nursing students, open your ears. Are you listening to me? He said, these nursing students, I don't understand them at all. I have given all of them patience, but all of them want to be around Romeo's bed. <laughs> oh, people, there are such people walking around. You are their supplementary budget. They will chop your money. That day he told me that, oh, there's even some doctor be crying. Because he had been on the ward for a very long time and now he was putting negative. It could allow him to go out and walk around. He said he was walking around and he saw whether it was a medical student or a doctor, but the person was wearing a lab coat. And he was holding something. When she passed by him, he intentionally dropped the thing on the floor. And the person was like, like you know, the lady was stunned. So like, oh, should I help you today? So she said, no, your beauty just shocked me. Is that dog? When I said it, I realized she was confused. <laughs> so there are men walking around like that. They have mastered the art of seduction. They have mastered the art of sweeping women off their feet. You need to be careful of them. Hallelujah. That's subtype number one. The man with financial skeletons. Subtype number two. And listen to this one. He owes a lot of people. And you end up paying his debt one by one, one by one, one by one, one by one. He owes many people. And because you are falling for him, when he comes and this is it, you just, the time you realize all your money is going to financing his debts. A man with financial skeletons. You need to be aware of him. These people, when they are finished using you, it's likely for them, they are going to dump you. Even if they marry you, such people, they can't stay with one woman. They will marry you as their trophy wife at home, but they have about 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 other people they are engaging with. Subtype number three, and listen to this one carefully. This is where you can easily fall. Hmm? He gives you the impression he is financially well-to-do, 
but the facts on the ground don't support it and in actual fact he keeps borrowing money from you and never pays back he gives you the impression that he's financially well to do but the facts on the ground don't support it he'll tell you there's some inheritance he has his father is a chief and all the lands in a particular area are under his control. Just that there are some court proceedings. Be that the moment they finish with the court proceedings, all of those monies are going to come to him. So, so long as you are with him, the court proceedings will never be finished. And when he comes to borrow money from you, because in your mind, this guy has money and will definitely pay me back. Or if I do him good today, when he becomes rich or when the money comes, he will give me ten times more. You will just be giving the money out to him and giving the money out to him and giving the money out to him. That financial breakthrough never comes. It is very easy for good, well-mannered ladies with good intentions to fall for such people. You look at the facts on the ground and it's not so. You give them brain they are from some wealthy family. You've never seen their father before. They'll make sure you never go to their house. You've never met any of his siblings before. You've never seen his mother before. Yet he gives you the impression he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. How can such a person be constantly borrowing money from you? And sometimes it's not even big money. Oh. 20 CDs, 50 CDs, 10 CDs. And sometimes it is big money. But because he has created a certain impression in your mind that he's financially well-to-do, you give him money easily. Because at the back of your mind, oh, when I'm also in need, he'll give me and even give me more. It is a red flag. That is a deadly person. That is a dangerous person. Look, go in with your mind first. Do the investigations you need to do the questions you need to ask you are intelligent people you can ask probing questions you see in these cases when your heart and your body goes first that is when you become an easy victim because now you don't think anymore they will drain you of all your resources the next time you hear they are marrying somebody else I know people who have ended up in the psychiatric hospital because of this somebody who was in medical school he didn't have any money and this girl out of love and loyalty her own money was looking after this gentleman she was looking after this gentleman she looked after him he finished medical school started a house job getting to the end of the house job he wrote his usmle and things and just absconded and left her alone he's married to somebody else now this lady i'm talking about comes for review at the psychiatric department in kolibu may God deliver you from sad men in the name of Jesus men with financial skeletons oh they will use you they will dump you today give me this tomorrow lend me that let me borrow this from you oh I'll pay back and their tongues are very smooth they know how to say the thing. You will believe them. You will believe them. But may the Lord open your eyes. May the Lord give you discernment. 
May the Lord make your spirit man sharp. May you not be a victim of such a man with financial skeletons in his wardrobe in the name of Jesus. When he's borrowing too much, it is a red flag. Start probing. Start asking questions. And the truth is that when you ask questions, it will get to a point where he will not be able to answer. Then you know that I've caught you. I've caught you. And the victims to these things most of the time are good girls. Christian ladies. Because the Amalekites, they rather want to come and chop your money. No, they, why should I support a man? You know this mentality that has come now, my man must support me. Whether we are married or not, my man must support me. If you have that kind of mentality, take it out of your mind. It is not the responsibility of any man to look after you. It's not the responsibility of any man. Girls are breaking up with their boyfriends because they are not giving them money. And he doesn't give me any money. And this, 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 this. But there's somebody who's willing to give me anything. Let's get rid of that mentality, especially in the house of God. Hallelujah. He is not married to you. You are not his responsibility. He is not supposed to take care of you. If he wants to give you something out of love. Or, look, when I was going out with Mommy Fire, her birthday, that time I was working, house officer, she was a student. Me, out of love and affection. I took money and I bought a phone to go and give to my beloved on her birthday. Me too, Charlie, that day, my study. Are they going to melt them? Are they go melt them? she closed from school, I went to her place and said, Oh, happy birthday. I removed the thing. I didn't see her smile. So, hey, what a shock. The usual thing, oh, I didn't get any of that. So, hey, this guy, <laughs> what's up? It's Karamriko to Adiro. What are you talking about? Oh, we want is the reaction, though. Is the reaction pet? And one, I actually said nothing more, nothing less. A reaction, no? But the reaction was going down south. I wasn't getting the reaction I was looking for. She opened the thing and it was a phone. So I thought maybe, okay, because she, she, she hadn't seen what it was. She opened the thing and the thing was a phone. So now I was expecting the smile. Like, no smile came. Hey! I was like, why don't you like it? I was like, oh, it's very thoughtful of you. But it is not your responsibility. Hey! Then I started remembering how much I paid for the food. All I was looking for was a reaction. Finish. Reaction. And the reaction was there. Is that opposite? I was like, oh, like, do you mean? He said, yes. Such things are for my father to do. Yes. Ah! <laughs> huh? Such things are for my Said it is not your responsibility. I'm sure for like two, three days I couldn't pray. I said, God, you have disappointed me. <laughs> you should have spoken to me that this was going to be the reaction. So that I don't do this. But the lesson is that 
Don't expect a man who is not married to you to be the one taking care of your needs. Otherwise, you also demand needs from you that you have no objection to but to fulfill. And in doing so, you are making yourself dirty. You are making your spirit man dirty. You are making God unhappy. You are creating a spiritual bond that if it should leave you today, you may end up in the psychiatric hospital. But may God give you the strength to take the right decisions. May God give you the discernment to see these four men whenever they come around you. And may God lead you to write the right man in the name of Jesus. Somebody who will not come and make unholy demands on you. Somebody who will come to add to your life and not to subtract. Somebody who will come and encourage you to be closer to God. There are some of you, you need to take some tough decisions after what you have heard. You need to take some tough decisions. But may God give you the strength to take those decisions in Jesus' name. So next week, we'll continue with part two. Put your hands together for the Lord. Trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Someone overflow!